Hey, so everybody, good morning. Everybody doing all right? Uh, we have a welcome to the family class I want to let everybody know about tonight, 6.30 to 8. And uh, we've got a few families coming already. And just want to let you know, if you, if you are feeling like you're supposed to connect with Christ Fellowship, then, then uh, the way to do that is uh, send an email to contact at Christ Fellowship and RSVP. Let us know. And we'll be sure that there's stuff there for you tonight. And uh, Kim and I will be leading out with that along with Christina Jones. So um, also, as you guys uh, may know, we have been wrapping up a few weeks of feedback on the elder selection of Paul Coulter, and we are excited, you guys, for Paul to be joining the elder shepherd team at Christ Fellowship. It's a big deal. And uh, I also want to just say that this time has given us a great, it's been a great time for the elders to clarify the things that God has spoken to us in the past, what he's speaking to us right now and about what he's speaking to us in the future. And so we have really sensed clearly the Lord's word for us to lay hands on Brian Bird and Paul Coulter at the end of this month. We're excited about that. Both Brian and Stephanie uh, Bird and Paul and Kristen Coulter have served Christ Fellowship for years, laying down their lives, serving, serving, serving. They all love Jesus. They love people. They are wholeheartedly engaged in the mission and what God's called us to and His purposes for the church here in Fort Worth, the nation, and the nations. And uh, it's exciting for us. So mark your calendars for May 29th, and we will recognize these men and pray for them in both services. And let me also just encourage you guys right here that God is moving in our midst. Jesus is always leading us forward. He really is. He leads us forward and, and He wants us responding in faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're seeing that. We're believing for that in these days ahead. It's a great time to be following the Lord right here. So let's just pray. Father, we love You, Lord. We praise You. And uh, just thank You for Your gracious hand of favor on us. Lord, lead us into the future. Lord Jesus, You're the King. You are the Lord, and we want to bow our knees, submit to you in every way, and want this church to be a light that shines to this city, the nation, and the nations of the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, we all say, Amen. Awesome. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 67. Psalm 67. Okay. Last week, we started a short series on the ascension that I'm calling Heaven and earth. And what we talked about right there at the beginning of this series was then an act. So when Luke's putting down all the stuff that the church was doing at the beginning, you know, when the church was just getting going, it starts off this way. It starts with Jesus right in front of the disciples uh, being ascend. He ascends right before their eyes and and he's gone, you know, and then two angels come and say the same way you saw him go, he's going to return again. And so Acts starts off this framework of, of Jesus ascending, but the promise of his return. And so the, the way that the gospel is then preached in the book of Acts is Jesus came. Jesus lived. He died on the cross for our sins. He was raised by the power of God on the third day. He exalt, he's exalted to the right hand of God and he's coming again to restore all things, to make all things right. And heaven and earth will be together. So that's where this trajectory is going that's the good news that's proclaimed and we live in this time right now as brothers and sisters as the church in which we are anticipating what's coming we are living in light of that we don't want to sin because holiness is our destiny 
We, don't, we want to see healing because healing is our destiny. We want to see God's power and things being made right and wrong things being made right. Unjust, unjust things being made just. All of that. Lost people being saved. You know, all of those things. That's what it means when you see me do this. I can't even balance good right now. When you see me do this sign, that's a signpost. I know that's weird. But when you see me doing this signpost, that's because that's the flow and ebb and story, the meta story of Scripture is that we would be God's people longing for His return and expressing what His heaven life is like on the earth right now. Does it make sense? Okay, so Psalm 67 is one of a couple of the readings that we've been doing since, I don't know, uh, December or so, participating with the, the Revised Common Lectionary. Churches all around the world are reading some of these same passages. So it's interesting, you know, we're getting to participate in unity with the church around the world. All different kinds of traditions, Baptists, Methodists, uh, you know, Orthodox, and all kinds of folks following along some of these same lines. So Psalm 67 is a prayer of what's going to happen on the earth. It's a blessing and an expectation of what God's going to do on the earth. So let's read this together. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May His face shine upon us that Your ways may be known on the earth. Your salvation among all nations, all the people groups, all the ethnos. May the peoples praise You, O God. May all the peoples praise You. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For You rule the people justly and You guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise You, O God. May all the peoples praise You. Then the land will yield its harvest and God, our God will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear Him. Amen. Now that's a pretty awesome promise. That's a pretty... Uh, uh, Great expectation for the nations coming to know the goodness, favor, and blessing of the Lord, right? Now the cool thing, the interesting thing, is that Psalm 68 comes right after Psalm 67. That'll preach, won't it? <laughs> it's what's in Psalm 68 that's so cool. And it's that God defeats His enemies. He comes in power. He What's it say here? He, he is a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows. He sets the lonely in families. He leads the prisoners out to freedom with singing. So God does all of that and it's, it's like God is on His way to the throne and He's setting people free. Now check this out. Psalm 68, verse 18. This may sound familiar to you. When you ascended on high, oh God, when you ascended on high, you led captives in your train. You received gifts from men, even from the rebellious, that you, O Lord God, might dwell there. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. You know, and this psalm goes on, and there's a procession, and it's about the king being installed, and he's the king over everything. Now, you know who's meditating on this psalm, don't you? We read it last week. Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul meditates on this very verse that I just read. And it's ultimately about God reigning in all the earth, right? So let's turn one more time to Ephesians. We read this passage last week, and it's about the ascension. 
which we're talking about. Ephesians chapter 4. But look how Paul interprets this. It's, it's God in, in Psalm 68. And Paul directly applies this thing straight to Jesus. He says about Jesus Christ. That is why it says, verse 8, when He, Jesus Christ, ascended on high, He led captives in His train. Set the captives free. Led captives out of their captivity. And He gave gifts to men. So Paul, he, he switches that a little bit. It was He received gifts, but now He's saying He gave gifts. And what does He ascended mean except that He also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was He who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So, wow. Okay, so we're, we're seeing how heaven and earth are connected. Jesus becomes a man, dies for us, takes us with Him into the grave, brings us with Him into resurrection life, ascends to the right hand of the Father, exalted. Now here's the thing I want us to see. It's, it's, it's more than just Jesus Christ is my personal Lord. He is that, but he is exalted over heaven and earth. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. He is the king and he is the Lord. And so part of us believing this good news is that we come out of a realm where there's darkness and we come into a realm where there's light. We come out of a realm where it's the it's the domain of the evil one. And we come into the domain of Jesus where He reigns and where He's King. That's what the Gospel of the Kingdom, it's good news that Jesus Christ is Lord and that He reigns. Isn't that great? You know, and so this exaltation of Jesus is a big part of our preaching. You know, we need to own this thing. It's not just that He's, he's up there and I'm kind of living the way I want to live. He is Lord of heaven and earth. And heaven is moving. He wants to work through us. That's what we talked about last week is that He wants us being responsive people that listen to His voice and express His will, His, his reign, his, his desire to make things right through us on the earth. I mean, this is, this is the way you do life. This is the way God intends for us. Jesus wants us to express this. If I was going to just put this into one soundbite, this would be it. The main thing this morning is that God wants us to listen to Jesus, the King, in order to express His gifts. Remember, He gave gifts to men. His expresses gifts to the church and to the world around us. So let me just start this way by saying, you guys, life is a gift. And it's so important that we somehow realize it, when you live from the the understanding that life is a gift, it changes the way you look in, 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 at, at people. The way you look at life. When you think life is a gift. Now you come into the world as a little baby. What's the, I'm trying to see who the youngest baby. I, Lisa Natalie was sitting in front of me in the first service. The little bitty baby is so 
comes, the baby comes out of the womb just dependent. Just absolutely dependent for food, clothing, shelter, every little piece of life, right? But then as the baby grows up, there begins to be more maturity. And there's decisions that can be made. But there's still this thing that we don't need to let go of, and that is that life itself is a gift. And especially if you make that connection spiritually, we are born again. And we live in dependence upon our Father, upon the life of the Lord Jesus. And it's even though we grow, we learn to listen, those kinds of things, we don't outgrow walking with God, trusting in God, relying on God. That's the way of maturity. That's what we're talking about today. Christians, just like life, we want to grow up. And that's what Paul's kind of pointing to, alluding to. He gives gifts, son to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. He gives those gifts so that we would grow up in the knowledge of Jesus and what, his, what he's about, his faith, his knowledge. And then we would grow up and become, you know, like Jesus. We would mature in our thinking and our renewed minds and in our emotions and in our hearts and in our lives. This makes sense. So I'm just trying to say two things briefly this morning. The first one is this. Growing up means learning to give. Learning to give. So, so there is this expression of life that I just, I have to, I have to grow into this. So high school, college, young adults, you know, we have to grow up to realize my life is a gift and I'm ex- it, part of expressing that life as a gift is that I give my life to others. It's the way I lay my life down for my family or my friends or my church or even people at work that I care about and love about. I love. So there's my life. There's my time. I learn to give my time. I learn to give my, uh, my resources. You know, and in all of this, you know that where your giving is, your life, your time, your resources, your heart is right there too. Your heart's right there. It's not it might follow. It is there. That's where your heart is. And so the same thing is true with spiritual gifts. We are given spiritual gifts, all of us. Spiritual gifts, not to hold on and, you know, I've got this little gift over here. You know, it's my own little, you know, thing. I, I receive gifts in order to share those gifts with others. Paul, by the way, is really into spiritual gifts. Five different times he, li- he gives a list of spiritual gifts. This is one of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is another listing. Actually, there's two listings in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. The first one is things like uh, wisdom. Spiritual gift of wisdom, a message of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues to another interpretation. All of these are the work of the one and same spirit. He gives them to each one as he determines. What he goes on to explain is that we're a part of a body. We're all a part of the body of Christ. And we all have these different things that God gives to us and highlights in our lives. And you know when you're using a spiritual gift? Do you know, do, do you know when? I'll, I'll give you a, one little tip that is really helpful. It's when somebody comes up and goes, Marvin, man, it's good when you do that. Would you keep doing that? That because it builds up the body. Whatever that thing might be. You know, bringing 
administration or helps or mercy or whatever, you know, and praying for people. It's, it's when somebody is affirming you and how you're serving, you know, be heads up about that. You know, listen. He goes on at the end of chapter 12, and there's another list there. And he says there's apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, those with healing, those with administration. Again, different kind of tongues. Not everybody has everything, you know. But I will say too about spiritual gifts, experiment. Try stuff. You know, uh, people ask me about tongues sometimes, and I'm like, well, try it. You know, there's like this thing about speaking in tongues that's like people think they're just going to be like, oh! I, you know, it's just the most bizarre thing to me. I, you know, if you're going to exercise a gift of mercy, you're going to have to actually like, you're not going to go, oh, oh, serve you. It doesn't work like that. It's like you get an idea and then you actually experiment with it, right? You go and, and then somebody goes, man, it's really good when you do that. Thank you. And that's that's kind of how spiritual gifts work. You're, you're listening, but you're expressing. You're joining Jesus in what He's doing on the earth. And so, my own experience is that I believe that we all have a gift or gifts, but that they're not just that thing. A lot of times, if you'll put yourself in a situation where you're stretched, where you need something else, where you have to call on Jesus, guess what He will express through you? Just about probably exactly what's needed in the moment. And I've been so many times where I've been stretched, at the end of my rope and said, Jesus, I, I need you. Meet me here in this situation. And, you know, and as we get older, we mature and stuff. You know, and I would even say the, the, there's a, a couple more the lists. 1 Corinthians 14, there's a little list there. And then uh, Romans 12. I'm just trying to close that loop for the linear people that said I mentioned five lists and didn't get to all five lists. Um, but even like Ephesians 4. You know, some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You know, that's not just for somebody that's sharing from the front with a mic thing hooked up to their head. It's what, you know, you guys be empowered to use the gifts that God's given you to build up the church, to build up the body, to reach the world around us. Jesus is on high, he's on the throne, and he is pouring out gifts. He gave gifts to men so that everybody can know what He's like. Express Jesus. Express His life, will, goodness. Do all that signpost stuff the way things ought to be. Right? So that's what's going on with spiritual gifts. It's part of growing up and learning to walk in the kingdom and seeing that the gifts that He gives, it's not just about me and my own little world. It's about, it's always, if you get a gift, it has an assignment attached to it. You know, things that you're supposed to do to serve others, to help others. You know, and around here, there's all kinds of stuff all the time. Really, right now the CF kids pastors are recruiting for the summer. And the ministry that happens through those kids is awesome. And we need everybody being involved in this whole process. Last week, last weekend on Saturday, we had uh, 30 people involved in uh, Not In My City where they went to 50 different businesses and shared and helped to spread awareness about sex trafficking in our city. You know? And that's, like, that's a good thing. That's people sharing, serving, 
using their gifts, reaching out. I just heard between services, one of the life groups went and served and tore down a jungle over in, in Como. Uh, <laughs> one of the young adult life groups. It sounded, uh, I was going to say fun, but it was definitely serving, you know, and it, and it brought them together, right? And so all of those things all fit together to help shape who we are as a people. That God wants us to be you know, serving God's purpose in our generation. He wants us to be a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church for the glory of God and the joy of all people. It's kind of hypey jumping off the deal. I won't do that anymore. Uh, but I'm excited about that. You know, I want to be a part of what Jesus is doing in our, in our generation, in our days. And it's about growing up, and it means learning to give. It also means learning to listen. And that's the second piece. Growing up is also about listening. Can you think of a time when Jesus, the ascended Lord, speaks to somebody? Acts chapter 9, verses 1-6, through six, there's this guy named Saul. He's persecuting the church and, and he's, he's riding along to uh, Damascus. I don't know if he had a horse. <laughs> so that just I'm just... Trying to pull you guys in. So he's, he's walking along to Damascus. And suddenly a blazing light shines from heaven. But he gets it right. He doesn't know who it is yet. But he says, who are you, Lord? He, he gets that part right. Who are you, Lord? And in verse 6, Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. Okay, so then Jesus again, the ascended Lord, appears in a vision to a guy named Ananias. He tells Ananias, go into Damascus to Straight Street. You're going to find a guy there named Saul. You've got to, you're going to give him a word. And he's like, but Lord, this guy's he's trying to kill us. Heard he had messages from the, you know, from the authorities in Jerusalem. He's trying to get us. And he goes ahead and does that. But there's a point here about listening to the ascended Lord. That Jesus, He is doing the same things now that He was always doing. He's concerned about the same things now that He's always been. He is leading, speaking, transforming, healing, delivering, setting people free, leading the prisoners out of bondage. All of that stuff is to participate with Jesus, it's like to participate in the life that He would be living if He were here in our midst. And He is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, you see Paul. Eventually his name becomes Paul. And he starts learning to listen himself. Listen to the voice of God. One of the most dramatic, cool stories is in Acts chapter 16, verse 6. So they've been going around. They're on these missionary journeys. And then they come uh, to, to verse 6 of Acts 16. Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the Word in the province of Asia. Isn't that interesting? Kept by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit saying, no, don't go there and preach right now. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed Mycenae and went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over, 
come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So it's interesting. We're not just, it's not everybody everywhere all the time. It's, Lord Jesus, what are you saying? How are you leading us right now in this moment? It, yes, it is a go. There's a gathering and there's a sending. But it's also a listening in this whole process. Listening to the Lord. And so because they listened, the Gospel goes for the first time into Europe. Wow, this is, this is the first time Europe gets evangelized. And they go and they share the Gospel with Lydia. A church starts in Philippi. You know, all of that happens in relation to this direct word from the Lord. Isn't that good? How that whole thing just unfolds like that. So as we listen, the Lord leads us in different creative ways to use our gifts. And again, I just want to say, all the gifts are fair game. You are released. You know, all the gifts are experiment, try, practice, and, and look for the ways that where you're able to bless and serve. And you, and you hear that like, Summer, that's awesome when you do that. Jason, when you do that, man, it blesses everybody. It builds the church up. It, it helps people come in and find a way to connect to the body of Christ. You know, so that's, that's what's happening. I remember one of the most dramatic encounters with the Lord that I've ever had in my life. It happened 19 years ago in a hotel up by DFW Airport. Now that's interesting that I can remember every detail of that night. And it was mainly about the two things that we're talking about here. It was about listening to God and not just giving gifts, but actually literally being a gift. I'm not going to go into all the details of it. It was, it was impactful. But it was so impactful because I needed to remember it so bad. So the more dramatic encounter you have with the Lord, the more dramatic something happens and the Lord speaks to you something dramatically, you can count on the fact that you're going to need it. One of my a friend, who John Paul Jackson, who's now with the Lord, he told me, he said, Jamie, the more clearly you hear the Lord speak, the more you're going to need it as, as time goes on. And I've needed that Word so many times that my life is a gift to be given. I've needed that Word. I've needed to hold on to that. that the Lord spoke that to me in a dramatic way. And so, let's talk about listening to the Lord for a minute, okay? How do we do this? Right? How do we do this? One of my spiritual dads, a guy named Don Finto in Nashville, 86 years old, told me years and years ago, he's a, he's a charismatic, former Church of Christ guy, full of Holy Spirit, looks more like Jesus than anybody I've ever met, looks like a glamour shot basically all the time, kind of has that glow thing, you know. Oh, Jamie, how you doing? Glory to God, you know. But he said, you know, the best book I've ever heard on hearing God was actually written by a Baptist guy named Henry Blackaby. The book, Experiencing God. Now flash this up. I want to just give you a nugget or two here on this. Because God is always working. He's always working, he's always working around us. You know? And so this little diagram just kind of helps show that basically when we join God in what He's doing, we get to obey and experience Him more and more. But this is the way the process works. He's always moving and He wants a relationship 
He could have just done everything, but he wants a relationship with people who are expressing his will and ways on the earth. So he wants a relationship, wants us to interact with him. And there's always these invitations going on. There's an invitation this morning. There's an invitation to Jesus this morning. There's an invitation to respond to Jesus. There's an invitation. And so he's speaking. And he speaks in all different kinds of ways. He speaks through the scriptures. You could read a verse, you know, and just you've read the verse 40 times and then on 41, and the light shines. You're like, whoa, wow, this is Jesus is speaking to me. You know, and, and it's the whole Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, the, the spoken word of Christ. You know, there's one trans, maybe the King James or something says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But it literally says in the Greek, rhema Christos, the, the spoken word of, G, of Christ. So it's when Jesus speaks, boom, you know, even in the scriptures, these scriptures point to Jesus, who is the word of God. So God speaks through the scriptures. He speaks through the church. I mean, how many times have you just gotten clarity on just being with a brother and he sees something? I remember years ago meeting Kenny and we got to talking about 2 Corinthians 4, 4 and that, that following. Uh, and I'm trying to come on, Lord, help me to uh, uh, that, that, uh, that, that, that this light has shone in our hearts. Uh, I'm trying to. Light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Thank you. I just needed a, I just needed a prompt. It's like a spelling bee or something up here. <laughs> uh, I think it's got a G in it. I don't, uh. And so, so God is speaking through the Word, through the church, through our circumstances, through people. You know, just the, the, things, the way things unfold in our lives. And, and even dramatic ways. Him speaking inwardly to us. That still small voice. You know, our peace matters as Christians. People who are submitting our lives to Jesus. That the, the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. And when you stand there at the crossroads and you're like, you're trying, starting to take the step down this, down this road, it's just like, whoa, and just consternation. And, and you start to take a step down this road and it's like, you know, you start stepping into the zone. And you, there's, some of that is subjective. And yet, that's part of how we walk with the Lord. It's not just all... It's, it's a relationship. So God is speaking, but that speaking, what it does is, it, it's an, this invitation to do something. And that's where the crisis of belief comes. It's like, oh, I don't, that's going to be embarrassing, or wow, that's a big change in my life. You know? And so there's a crisis of belief that requires us to adjust our lives. Does that make sense? Where I actually have to do something different in order to follow God, but as we obey God, then we experience Him. Isn't that great news? So that's, that's just a big part of how, how we do this. Uh, anybody ever heard of Brene Brown? Uh, she wrote this book called Rising Strong, and uh, Kim shared a good chunk of it with me, so much in fact that I'm not really motivated to actually read the book, because I feel like I got the thesis kind of down. But uh, one of the things that she says is we all have these, I'm paraphrasing, these crummy first drafts of things that happen in our lives. Okay, so something happened and, and I, I just, I'm emotional about it, I'm upset about it, and I, I play the story out 
kind of from my perspective only, and that's the way, you know, just, and, and there that story is. And what she says is, as we get more whole as people, we learn to be able to kind of back up and then look at our first kind of telling of this story and go, hey, is this the right telling of this story? And part of that for us as believers is listening to God. God, Jesus, what do you say about that situation that I went through? What do you say about, about how, how difficult that was or the way, I'm, the way I'm perceiving what's going on there? And part of what comes as we do that, as we do that whole process, there's wisdom, there's insight from God, Dr. Caroline Leaf uh, is another author that she makes a really big deal about us renewing our minds. And she says sometimes you have to back up so that you can look to Jesus and, and, and have your mind renewed about what you're going through. We need this. We need this kind of listening. Just practically for me, I, I emphasized just a few weeks ago the importance of getting up every morning and spending time with Jesus. And there needs to be a time in our spending time with Jesus where we, back when I used a journal, I would write an L down and circle it and all through the, all those boxes of journals for all those years, I can flip through, see the circled L and know that God was speaking to me. That's me listening. Now it's on a computer and I can actually search those L spots. Pretty cool. You know, but sometimes people want to use paper. It's distracting to use the computer. You're only one keystroke away from the internet vortex of whatever other little questions that come up during your time with God, right? And so listening is huge. And I'll, I'll say things like, Lord, what's the next step in my relationship with you? Lord, what's the next step in the development of my character? Lord, what's the next step with my family, with Kim or with the kids? Lord, what's the next step in my vocation, for me that's ministry here, but it could be ministry or your work, whatever. Lord, what's the next step? We want, for Jesus to be reigning, we want Him speaking into every place that we have a sphere of influence. Does that make sense? And that's how this thing gets worked out. That's how our gifts get used. Lord, speak to me about these relationships. Lord, speak to me about this situation. Lord, speak to me. And just pause. And it's amazing how much uh, I, I shared... A couple weeks ago, I've been using this Vineyard Ann Arbor website. It's the daily hour, the divine hours. And I have a little reminder come to my phone, zzz, divine hours. And I'll just pause for three or four minutes and pray through these scriptures, little prayers. And just a way of just kind of turning my heart to God. You know, and uh, David said seven times a day, I will praise you. Take a little praise break. Take a little listening break. Center down. Jesus, speak to me about this situation. Help me to breathe a little bit right now. I'm feeling anxious about this situation or this relationship or whatever. And in that stillness and silence, man, the Lord, the Lord is good to speak to us and to meet us. Here's what it's like. I'll finish with this. It's like a parent with a child. How many of you guys have a two-year-old or have had one? What's fascinating, or, or know of one, or ever, known somebody that's known one? I'm trying to bother you guys. <laughs> so, two-year-olds, what have they learned about life? It's about two years old when you figure out personal sovereignty. 
there's two big words, no and mine. You guys are awesome. No, mine, no, mine, no, 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 mine over there too. I mean, just personal sovereignty, you know, and so as parents, we have to kind of turn them around sometimes gently and say, now look at me, what, what did dad say? You know, and they're, <laughs> no, no, look at me. I want you to listen to me right now. No, mine, mine, no, you know, whatever. And so, uh, so something happens though, as they start to, to, to catch a hold of what we're teaching them, they start learning and they grow, they grow, they mature. About college, they kind of get really independent for a little bit. And then they go, oh, wait a minute, mom and dad actually did know some stuff. And then they come back to really wanting to press in with us again. <laughs> right? And uh, that's, that's life, that's maturing. But here's the thing, the same thing happens to us spiritually. We, God wants us to listen to Him. Even in the midst of all of our distractions, you know, that's the, finish the text, put it down. You know, and so we're distracted, but God's wanting us to go, hey, listen to me. I've got something for you right now. And that's part of us growing up into maturity as a person. Growing up into the full stature of Christ. God wants this for everybody. And so we listen to Jesus who's the King and we express our gifts in a way that blesses this church and the world around us. Thanks be to God. Right? Amen. Y'all stand up. Worship team's coming. I just want to give us a minute to respond to this word today. We'll just take a couple minutes here. Lord, speak to us. Lord, even as we're talking about listening to You, responding to You, obeying You, experiencing You, Lord. Would You speak to us now? Lord, would You just put uh, just fresh ideas into our hearts and minds about what You've called us to do, what you, how You want us to grow up, how You want us to value listening Yeah, I'm just reminded even as I'm starting to pray, and this is kind of how it happens, even as I'm starting to pray, I'm reminded that Jesus did everything He ever did listening. That's the way He lived. And that's the way we're to live. He wants us expressing gifts, blessing people, building up the church, expressing the life of God, the King in our midst. So, hey, may the Lord give you hunger that you would press in. And we've got people up here to pray for you, to agree with you. What's on your heart right now? What is the Lord saying? Get somebody to agree with you. Dream big. Pray big. And go for it. It's going to change the church. going to change the city. going to change the world. Whatever your prayer need is this morning, come, get prayer. Let's press in. Let's grow up. Let's live life under the King in Jesus' name. You guys come. Let's go for it. We love You, Lord. Meet us today. Every need of every heart, Lord. Amen, God.